Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost my turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. comedian parents i'm beth newell i'm peter mcnerney hi hi we had you're home we're home we had a slightly less crazy week i was gonna say but it's also still a continuation of craziness um i well i had the most the busiest week of my entire uh year but yours was more relaxed uh oh my god so first of all okay take a step back you were gone last week yeah we had that. What an incredible interview over the phone. <laughs> How was that to be in a hotel room to record your uh, husband wife podcast? You know, it was good in the sense that I was a, less a part of the podcast and it took a very short <laughs> because time. Because you hate me and this, right? <laughs> well, because work trips when you're a parent are like vacation. It's like your only time to really be alone and not on call. So yeah. to have to do a work thing while I was staying in a hotel was not my ideal. Um, so you've been back for a while. Is it, <laughs> is it everything you remembered? What's different? It's like a, it's a whole new world now. It's, it's fall, sort of. Sort it's of. September. Kids are in school. Bryn's in pre-K. Things are chugging along. All of a sudden, it's halfway through the, the month. He's started to tell me about pre-K. Yeah. He's starting to know kids' names. He told me today in the car, um, there's a girl in his class. I don't remember her name, but he told me, and, and he said, 
she's uh, she's very big. And he went his hands up. I was like, oh, she's taller than you? He goes, yeah. She's, she's, she's much taller than me. I'm pretty short. <laughs> and he goes, but I'm heavy. <laughs> she's, uh, she's bigger, but she's light. That's what his... Um his best friend's dad picked him up the other day for some reason, and he said, "Wow, he's heavy." Because Bryn is shorter than his best friend, and I, yeah, I think our kids, much like our families, are solidly built, thick, thick, stout, tree trunks. Yeah, it's so Dirty. it's so because they're all, you know, if if you everyone in pre K had turned four this year or will turn four this year, and that age is like wildly different sizes. Yeah. But he, so the thing about him uh, describing the girls very reminds me, he was telling me something. He was like, he's like, that's so funny. Maybe it's quite funny <laughs> uh, because he's been watching so much Peppa Pig, which is oh British. Oh my gosh. I, I love Peppa Pig. It's great. I, you know, Peppa we don't usually pay for Pig. shows that are not on Netflix or wherever we get our shows. But when Bryn has the Apple remote and you don't have it password protected, we buy a lot of things on iTunes. Yeah, I mean, but this, you know, this was mainly inspired by a guilt purchase I made at the airport a couple weeks ago when I wasn't seeing my kids, which was just to get them a gift. And I got the Peppa Pig action figures. And then I was like, sure, I'll buy an episode of Peppa Pig so they know what the heck this is. And oh, now yeah. they are hooked. It is uh, such a delightful. I'm Peppa Pig. <laughs> Hello, it's a Peppa. Nice show. I like the vibe. There's not a ton of conflict. There's a lot of laughing. Yeah, it, it's so simple. And I'm like, this doesn't. It's not like so much children's media that's talking down to kids in that. Look how bright and squeaky I am. I don't actually have a personality, which drives me nuts because kids kids connect with characters that act like real characters. And it's very simple and straightforward, but it it does actually, uh, it's not belittling. I just like that they're always giggling, and then it makes Brynn and Maven giggle, and they're like... They laugh at it a lot. I know, and they giggle, the pigs on the show giggle, and they're like, ha, 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 And they throw in, I'm George. (laughs) George's little uh, uh, oink. The only thing I like about the show is that the protagonist is a girl which is not unique to that show but it is still kind of rare um maven really identifies with peppa i think so because it's now she has like a main character and an action figure that she's like this is me this feels like me i'm peppa and i think she likes the idea that she has a little brother george george (laughs) my kids hate it when i do voices which is very hard for me because I like to do voices. And at uh, bedtime, and I'll read and I'll try to give accents to things. And most of the time, Bryn's like, no, use daddy's voice. It's funny because you do have a very similar vibe to Daddy Pig. Well, that's the thing is they love it when I do Daddy Pig. And I go, hello, I shall read this book with you now. Bryn and Maven. And they're like, yeah, that's just a normal voice. That's who you are. But so, Peppa. <laughs> Well, it's uh, delightful, and we own a lot of... So I'll just get emails that are iTunes receipts. And one one morning, I looked at my phone, and there were just like eight individual episodes purchased, and it was not by you or me. No, Bryn has been getting into so many things lately. Yeah. He, you want to uh, talk about his snacks for pre-K? He ate... I, I pre 
prepared some snacks for a couple days of pre. You prepared some snacks. I was gonna say like it's like prep, like meal prep sort yeah. of. But I, so I packed up a couple Tupperwares to have some snacks ready to go. You know, carrots, cheese, etc. Bryn. Well, I went to go put it in his bag this morning, and I saw two. And there was one with a string cheese and some fruit in it. And there was another one with like two tiny pieces of turkey. And I was like. Why the hell did Beth pack this? Like, this is a <laughs> no, shitty it snack. No, it was originally full of blueberries and many pieces of turkey. Yeah, it was later but that I pieced it together. our son wakes up in the morning and then just Eats everything. havoc. There is still a full salami that's missing. Or missing? Bryn ate a full salami. No, that's in a Tupperware in the, the fridge. Well, few. But he just... I it, I want to say maybe he's going through a growth spurt because the hunger is out of control and he he always says now at around bedtime he says my tummy's grumbling I'm hungry. Well, he also, he's a terrible eater. Like he won't eat his full dinner. And I was like, "All right, we're well, not going to eat anything else." He goes, "I'm not hungry." And then he will find food everywhere and yeah. eat it. Well, that's because he's snacking, and then he's not hungry for dinner, and then he finds more food. And we're terrible parents <laughs> who don't put our foot down about dinner. And I, I, I some nights I'm like, "All right, we're, you don't leave the table till we're all done." And then I'm like, "This is too hard." But, well, his new thing too is that he's dragging stools and things over to the counter and climbing up so he can get into almost everything now and he's very aggressive about it he's always working on it always scheming he's like trying to eat toothpaste <laughs> um he what well, I, don't, I don't know if i told the story already but like a couple weeks ago he was trying to drag the one of the stools out of our bedroom to the living room and he he uh walked in the bedroom where i was sitting with my laptop and he goes look at your computer, okay? Just look at your computer. Which is really weird because he's always telling us to put our phones away and to look at him. Yeah. Uh, he was like, just, really suspicious he was like, when he just doesn't want to focus on your computer now. And then... Hey, this isn't suspicious, <laughs> so don't look over here. I don't know why you are. Yeah. <laughs> just keep doing what you're doing and not looking at me, okay? Um, so he, so then he tried to drag a stool out of the, bed, out of the bedroom to go climb up in the cabinets. Um... Yeah, he's horrible. <laughs> I mean, he's the best, but boy, he's horrible. He's yeah, he came by horrible. me. I was working tonight, and he came by me, and he had something in his mouth, and he's just tiptoed by staring straight at me. And I was like, what do you have? And he goes, mm, mm, and then covers up his mouth and runs away. He's so bad at hiding things. He's always trying to get in trouble. He's like a four-year-old. Oh, wait, he is a four-year-old. Another thing he's been trying to do recently, too, is enlist Maven in creating <laughs> chaos. So, like, if I'm trying to get them both to bed and they're fighting me, he'll I'll be, like, grabbing him, and then he's like, Maven, run. <laughs> <laughs> and, she's, and she'll, like, do that thing where she, like, nods her head. She's like, okay. okay. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the bedtime we just did. So we're recording an atypical time. This is Monday night. We're releasing this episode in like 14 hours. I don't even know what day it is anymore. This week has been insane. It's been nuts. uh, But bedtime. So we record late at night, which you try not to do. Um, But you were home, which you typically are not home Monday nights when they go to bed. You get home after they're asleep. The problem is that you've been working a lot this week and I've been home since my trip. I've been home a lot more and they... 
So I've been doing these bedtimes with them, and then the whole system's just falling apart. Yeah. They're, they're I went to put them to in the bed and put them to bed, and they were saying no. And I'm so I had a I tear Bryn out of his pants. And I knew that it was going to be a bad one where I had to like force him. And so I just now try, I just know that I cannot show him heightened emotions. I just go, I'm, I'm giving you five seconds to do that. And he is screaming and he is kicking me and he's like defiantly kicking the wall on the floor because I tell him not to do that because the downstairs neighbor. And, and so I'm like, I'm not, I can't let you kick me. I can't let so I grab his feet and I'm holding him and I know it's freaking out, but I just have to show him that it's no big deal. And, well, but it, boy, so it, it is. It got bad when you were gone this week because I, um, he does this thing where he tries to convince me to let him stay up and watch grown up TV because grown up TV is his, uh, compromise for yeah. not getting to watch regular TV. He's like, he's like, I'll let you just do what you want if you just let me stay up with you. So he, does that so I've been incredibly tired some nights to the point where I do do that or or I fight him for so long and then he just keeps coming out and I finally just let him like lay in my bed in the dark and I pretend I'm going to sleep until he falls asleep um so, so that's been yeah that's what's lot. going on because he it's just also, me he knows that's not gonna happen he also started describing it as secrets and he <laughs> says that we're not gonna tell you it's just our secret because he's trying to convince you that that is your secret yeah, that is, it's a secret the two of us are going to share. And he go, last night I was like p- putting my foot down more and he goes, we're going to do secrets again tonight, okay, mommy? Um, he, you're so he, he you're learned, in a unhealthy relationship. I know, He's but pushing you around. This secrets idea, as you know, came from our babysitter who oh, yeah. is in a bit of a daycare drama where uh, I don't even know if we want to get into this on here, but... Oh boy, I'm too scared to. You're too scared. We're wrapped up in a lot of drama between uh, our daycare and their employees, and we're in the middle of it. And I am, I'm too scared to talk about it. Yeah. Anyway, our son was told to keep secrets. Um, and then I was trying to tell him that, like, he can't ever keep secrets from me and you because it's really dangerous for kids to think keeping secrets is a yeah. good idea. But I was trying to tell him, and he was like, yeah, we only tell mommy and daddy about this one secret. I'm, I'm like, if you want Bryn to make sh- if you want to make sure that Bryn tells somebody something, tell him it's a secret. I don't Because he's going to tell everybody. I think he was already going to tell everybody because the thing that he was supposed to keep secret happened on a very specific day, and he's obsessed now with the days of the week yeah. and saying what is happening on certain days or has happened on certain days. So... I think there's a very high chance that we, he would have described the secret in great detail. You realize this whole segment is us not explaining what happened <laughs> and what the secret is. I, you know what? Here's a fun game for the week. I want you to write in and tell us what you think the secret is. Tell us a story, and we're going to read the best uh, dramas that, that are potentially happening or not happening in our lives. <laughs> We'll call it uh, We Know's Parenting Fan Fiction. (laughs) Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Now it's time for We Knows Wins. This is where we share a parenting success story for the week. Elizabeth, you have something? Yeah, so um, I was picking Bryn up at daycare on Friday, which is sort of tends to be our night to like go out to eat with the kids or try to do something fun. But you were gone, so it was just me and the kids. And I was like, am I going to take them out alone it's kind of a grind to deal with them at both at a restaurant but I was like you know what I want to do something fun and distract them so I pick him up Bryn immediately starts crying when I walk in because he's sad about leaving his best friend and I was like well we'll maybe we'll see him over the weekend so we leave and then I take them to the pizza place we like and we're sitting outside on the sidewalk and I just decided like you know what I'll text his best friend's parents um, and see if they're like looking for something to do because this is like blocks from where they live. So uh, I text the dad because that's the phone number we have, who you've been texting with a lot to set up play dates. Oh, yeah, we're buds. Um, sweetest guy in the world. Dad jams. Um, part of why this is a win is because uh, I think, you know, we're both kind of shy about like making these kinds of plans. Mm-hmm. And I don't tend to like really go out of my way to make plans with people I don't know very well. But, you know, your kids lead you to desperate measures. So I was surprised you did this. So I'm not so that surprised. I texted him and his wife was still working and he was kind of like, oh, I don't know if we can do it, blah, blah, blah. He like kind of changed his mind two or three times and then he showed up and. 
he just kind of walked up with his son and Bryn was so excited and they sat with us and got some pizza and we had this long dinner um, just sitting there while Bryn and his best friend ran up and down the sidewalk and started talking to everyone and they started talking to this young girl who was eating dinner there and she, what does young girl mean she was like college age and she was with an older woman who I guess was her former nanny. They were like, Oh weird. It was really funny. So, so they were talking to this girl, Brynn and his best friend and like, she was so friendly. So I, I didn't really feel like she was, they were bothering her. How was he introducing himself to people? Uh, like he was just walking up to strangers eating their dinner. The two of them would go up to her and say, we're friends. <laughs> and then Brynn would be like, my name's Bryn, B-R-Y-N. Um, so, she, yeah, she was enjoying them. And so I, I was telling this dad that we're with, I was like, man, she's so friendly. Like, she seems great. I kind of think I should, like, get her phone number in case she's a babysitter. But then being shy, I wasn't, like, going over there. Also, yeah. I had Maven in my lap for, like, this whole time. Uh, so our dad friend was like, oh. And he just, like, walks over to her and he's like, hey, do you babysit? And he got her number so we now have her number. Boy, he is so good. I he's, mean, we're friends with him he's because so he's friendly. like, hey, you come over. And we're like, <laughs> all, right, all right. I am so afraid of people. Yeah. I need people like him. He's great. I like. I cannot believe how not awkward it was to sit and eat dinner with him while our kids ran around. Um, oh, yeah. It was, very re- it was very relaxing to have someone else there who I knew in an emergency would get up and grab our kids while Maven was in my lap. When they ran straight into the street, he would be there. Well, they were like constantly in the way of pedestrians, but (laughs) I would have been stressed about that. Yeah. I think it was the right parent pairing because I think you and Bryn's best friend's mom would have not been trying to to take care of too many things. You guys let it, let it happen. Yeah. We were just like, uh, so we got a new babysitter, huh? I guess so. Maybe let's, Let's text her. <laughs> hey, I need still need to take you out for your birthday. Oh, this is the other thing is um, Bryn's best friend is always telling women they're beautiful and that he likes their hair. Well, I'm sorry, what? And so he... Oh, he, not Bryn. Bryn's friend. Bryn's best friend. Yeah. He's a very sweet boy. And he... Uh, um, what did he say to her? He said... Well, so he te- he yelled like at this other girl who was walking by. He didn't yell. He was just like, oh, look at that beautiful girl or something like that. And it was like a 10-year-old. And she looked back. And was smiling so hard, like she could not believe it. And then this look at that beautiful girl. And then this potential new babysitter was leaving, and they were like, "Bye, Katie, bye." And and Bryn's best friend was like, "I like the back of your shirt. I like the front of your shirt. I like your hair. You're beautiful." <laughs> and she just, she just had to keep turning around and being like, "Thank you." Um, so I think they're going to get along well, all of them. I just had a real distinct memory of being that kid in pre-K and kindergarten that would tell girls that they're beautiful. The flirt? Yeah. I used to <laughs> braid girls' hair on the rainbow carpet. And I, in my mind, I was a hero for it. But maybe I was forcing <laughs> forcing them to let it's me braid so their hair. It's so funny because, you know, the feminist in me is like, maybe this is not like habits we want or kids to have to like comment on people's appearances but then when you see a little kid do it like that and everyone they say it to just lights up in excitement when they hear it it's just like Uh, i mean 
<laughs> I never, I mean, in, except when I was in kindergarten, comment on people's appearance. Uh, but boy, yeah, if somebody uh, told me I was beautiful, I'd blush. <laughs> but you wouldn't know it because it's under my beard. Peter, yeah. you're beautiful. <laughs> This next segment is called Would You Knows. It's where we share parenting-related facts. Okay, okay, okay. This is some stuff that I read on NPR something. Uh, This is about... So I'm going to summarize this. Bilingual kids have a leg up when it comes to empathy skills. This is a really fascinating article that talks about a whole lot of things. Sort of like what... Um, growing up in a bi- either bilingual home or going to school and having a different uh, language and, and using uh, both of them. Um, uh, so there's a bunch of really fascinating skills that are developed with that. But the one that I want to focus on that I thought was really interesting is has to do with empathy. So young children being raised bilingual have to follow social cues to figure out which language to use with which person and in what setting. And as a result, bilingual children as young as age three have d- demonstrated a head start on tests of perspective taking and theory of mind, both of which are fundamental social and emotional skills. So theory of mind uh, is that, uh, you know, that I'm able to look at you, see how you're behaving and hear what you say. And in my brain, I open up a mental space that is your brain. And basically, I can by proxy approximate like what what you're thinking and what you're feeling and I can actually feel those things and that's the heart of empathy watching a person and not only interpreting what they're thinking and feeling but in some way thinking and feeling the same thing and so bilingual kids are much more attuned to context and behavior and social cues and having to switch between modes they're basically forced to pay attention to people pay attention to the way people behave and as a result they can relate to them you know and this is you know of course a, an, an incredible uh, argument for diversity to be around people that aren't exactly like you forces you to pay a little bit more attention to uh, how different people communicate how different people uh, talk to each other there's and, actually um there's some articles about this about how often you know wealthy white neighborhoods will try to keep the schools segregated because they think it's giving their kids a better education but actually mm-hmm. uh school integration not only doesn't hurt the white kids but it helps everyone oh yeah it's it's just everyone is better off for it yeah i mean this so this has been an, an exciting time with Bryn going to pre-k and his daycare is bilingual so every other day is in spanish and there are some kids there that at least according to Bryn, i think don't speak english or at least it's a second uh language and uh now at pre-k i've been out front with that line of kids and it's really exciting uh, how diverse it is. Like it is a it is a really great mix of people. Not like when I was growing up, you know, which was, you know, northern Chicago suburbs, super segregated, very very white. Um, uh, and uh, that's why I'm such a terrible person, you know. <laughs>
I would also imagine that, you know, language give things language gives things meaning. So if you're having two sets of language, you might have some added meaning to the world. And I think uh-huh. I mean, Bryn, part of why he wasn't really telling us about preschool early on was one, because he was a little bit mad about it. But two, I think he just didn't know the names of anyone there and it was really hard for him to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think once he had some names and faces, he's starting to like be like, oh, my teacher, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, he's talking way more about it because specifically about that. Actually, more in this article does talk about that, uh, especially kids um, in English-speaking classrooms who are English as a second language have a stronger understanding of language in general, like just uh, being able to piece together sort of the construction of language because they have two different contexts, and so they have more information. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess that same argument. You're exposed to more um, variations of it, and you've got a, f- a fuller picture. Yeah. I'm still confused, though, as to how our children spend every other day in a Spanish daycare and they never speak a word of Spanish around us. Well, <laughs> I think it's I think they probably speak way more Spanish uh obviously at daycare than at home because it is it's context specific. Like yeah, they know Yeah, I think they get home and they're like you idiots don't understand this. Like when I try to speak Spanish they're like this no, this daddy you're in the wrong context. You're not <laughs> supposed to speak. It, it's stupid when you do it. Um but I I've heard them say little things like today they were leaving, you know, and he said adios, uh, which I, and when I'm there and normally he turns that off. But like when you hear these little casual phrases, um, yeah. um, it's You just shocking. occasionally get like one word or name out of him and you realize he has like an impeccable Spanish accent. And it's like, <laughs> why is he not speaking more Spanish? Oh, did I tell you this? So, so, <laughs> I was running auditions for Story Price all last week and... Um, Somebody came in to audition uh, who um, had an accent and um, because of Bryn, so her name is Erica, this this person auditioning. And because uh, Bryn has someone uh, that he knows uh, named Erica, who he always pronounces Erica because he's surrounded by these women who speak Spanish. And that's her name. And that, that is her name. <laughs> uh, so... I was calling people. I'm like, all right, this person's next, this person. And without thinking, I was like, all right, up next, Erica. And she goes, um, it's Erica. And I was like, oh, I'm, uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. I just came across as this, like, Sounds- white guy who was trying way too hard. It seems so condescending. I know. It was so embarrassing, but I couldn't explain it. I was just like, okay, cool. Yeah, go. It's like, ah. But, like, that's how I think of that name now because I've said it so many times. I'm like, all right, up next, Erica. It's Erica. That's so funny. Oh, I'm st- oh I thought I forgot about it. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm so scared to speak Spanish. Uh in, in like certain contexts that like I overthink it and then I am not doing it at all. Like you're ordering in a restaurant in uh, another language. Like I'll just, I know that I know the words. I took seven years of Spanish. I can read Spanish and order in Spanish. But every time it's about to happen, I just panic and I point to it. I'm like, I'll have this. <laughs> Why is that? It feels like I'm not allowed. Like I'm disrespecting the language to try to say it right. 
If I hadn't grown up around so many white people, I'd be more comfortable doing it, saying, boyo. Boyo. Oh, boyo. (laughs) That's a really bad joke. That's, you can't, that's not even a joke. I'm just saying words that sound alike. Oh, gosh. This is. You're saying poyo, oh, boyo was not a joke? Hmm. Point taken. That's another um, another thing Bryn and his friend have been really into is playing. Um, we talked about this before, the rhyming game. Have you ever seen a, yeah. a whatever? A, Bryn still does not understand Bryn rhyming. Bryn does not understand the but rhyming. But he understands laughing. At all. But he laughs so hard at his own thing. So it's always like, have you ever seen a cheetah eating a beta? <laughs> or it's just like, have you ever seen a cheetah eating a rug? And then he laughs hysterically it was that it was like my middle name is this my middle name isn't that it's a, something it's like something something that rhymes with that and then Bryn goes my middle middle name is Bryn my middle name's not Charlie if you don't talk to me I'll give you a hand <laughs> yeah it's really funny he doesn't get it Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. 
This next segment is called Listeners Want to Knows. It's where we take some questions and thoughts from our listeners. All right, we're going to catch up on some listener mail. Um, these are from many of our last episodes. So here's, uh, here's one. We asked a while back, why the hell do you listen to this show if you're not a parent? Emma here wrote in and gave us her answer. Hi, Beth and Peter. Hi, Emma. I think on your last podcast episode or one of the previous ones, this is actually probably a while now, you were talking about why younger people without children listen to you. I can't speak for anyone else but me, but as a 22-year-old woman, I listen to you, one, because you guys are awesome and funny, and two, because I was a living nanny for the past two and a half years for a family of a three- and five-year-old, and I can somehow relate uh, to what you're talking about. Parents were working night shifts, so I was in charge of everything from the moment they woke up in the morning to when they went to bed. I am no stranger to kids pooping in the bathtub, sadly. It's not sad. It's a, it's great. It's a gift. It's a life experience. Working with kids made me think a lot about if I would ever want kids on my own someday. Uh, and uh, I'm still unsure about it. And I guess I'm listening to you and other parenting stuff to try to make my own decision a little bit, question mark. It's kind of informative. <laughs> it's kind of informative. Anyway, I love the podcast, and I think you guys are awesome, Emma. You're right. This show is kind of informative. Kind of informative. Um, I actually have since then had a lot of people um, tell me they listen to the show. And maybe we've talked about this, but most people in my social circle – don't have kids. They aren't married because most of them are a little bit younger than me and, and we're all comedians and we get married and have kids later than, than normal. But I'm realizing that a lot of people that talk to me about it are the people that are clearly thinking about it. And yeah. uh, that's them sort of letting me in on it. Not all of them. Uh, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people who talk to me about this podcast do not have kids. And I yeah. do... You do see a certain like glint in someone's eye when they're clearly thinking about having kids, but they're not necessarily saying it. Yeah. And it's not even just related to the podcast, but I've had people ask me about pregnancy and stuff and you can just tell they're sort of like, whether they're thinking about it for like this year or in the future, you can tell they're like chewing it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're like, what is this? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a lot to think about. I want to know. So if you listen to this podcast and you don't have kids and you are one of those people that at least part of the reason why you're listening is you're thinking about it or you're uh, uh, or you know that it's going to happen. So you're starting the research. Do you do you feel better about it? Or do you <laughs> feel worse about it? Are you conflicted? Do we make parenting sound fun or is this like a disaster? Because it is both. I think we're real, and that's good. (laughs) I think that's good. This segment is called, Do We Like Us? Do You Like Us? I want to say about that email, though, I think it's insane to take care of kids that aren't your own for every waking hour of their day. That's... I mean, Horrible. we don't have enough information to know if that's like every day. But I there think are, it was like it sounds like it was like five days a week. Like they were. Well, there's three days a week you don't see your kids all day because they've gone while you're bed and you get home after they're asleep. Yeah, that's great for me. I'm just saying, if someone <laughs> else was here watching them. 
all for every waking hour. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of people. Well, we yeah, okay. We don't know how many days a week that is. I'm just uh, saying. I think uh, living nanny like that—that that sounds horrible because it's like all the work. And, oh, for the nanny or yeah, for the children? Yeah, for the nanny. I'm not worried about the kids. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I hope you got paid well, I'm not, Emma. I'm not trying to shame working moms. People should work if they want to work yeah. or have to. Um, I just think that sounds like a horrible job for the nanny. All right. This next email comes to us from the one and only Barb. <laughs> we love Barb. We, we, we keep talking about Barb. <coughs> Barb writes to us a lot, and uh, Barb, Barb got a little sassy with this one. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about chores and and um, uh, allowance and paying your kids. We've since talked about this, and actually, I think last week or the week before, I don't remember, um, decided that uh, teaching kids to... Well, you know what? Barb says it here. Um, so here's what she has to say. It starts like this. Nope. 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 Exclamation points added after more after each nope. Basically, you really need to teach your kids to clean up after themselves, occasionally others, to be a good citizen, but don't pay them for chores. Why? Intrinsic versus extrinsic extrinsic motivations. In the beginning, children are generally intrinsically motivated. They want to please others. The idea is to teach them to be internally motivated and therefore take care of their spaces. Essentially, to help out around the house helps them, which helps the family. So I will say this. I am a very money-motivated person. If you offer me money, chances are I'll do it. A lot of money, I'll prioritize it. When did this develop? When my parents started paying me for chores. Generally, I'm not the best housekeeper. I'm organized, but I can push out I can push off cleaning for a while. Laundry is generally something I always take care of and I have a robot vacuum cleaner which helps a lot. I'd rather be outside doing outside chores. You don't have to pay me to do outside chores. But if I had my mom following me around, offering me to pay me to dust or vacuum in my house, I'd totally do more chores. But I'm an adult. My mom doesn't live with me, so dusting can wait. Smiley emoji. Be careful about paying kids to do things. Winky emoji. They grow into adults who require compensation for everything. Winking emoji. LOL. Barb! Yeah, so we had since talked about this, right? We yeah. talked about not giving kids rewards for everything and yes. limiting rewards. I agree that you shouldn't use bribery or payment to get, uh, like, case by case things done i think there is an argument for allowance which is you get a regular allowance like once a week um and there's like a certain job you have to accomplish and if you don't accomplish it you don't get your allowance but beyond that the like day-to-day stuff we need to pick up we need to do all that that can't be you can't motivate somebody through sort right. of bribing and or punishment it is, this is your job, we have to do it, here's what it is. And the chores thing needs to be regular, yeah, and it is more yeah, about this. about this. I, I just, I thought Barb nailed it, and I wanted Thank to you, share Barb, that. Barb, you're right. Continue to yell at us. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope! <laughs> Barb! I'm just imagining her getting all riled up in cubicle land. She's there. She's there right now. She's there right, right now. now? At nighttime? 
Well, she's not listening at nighttime. Right now is at nighttime. Oh. Everyone else oh, is listening. Okay. Unless you're listening to you at night. I'm, just, I'm speaking directly to Barb right now. She, right now, it's definitely not nighttime. It's the work day. Keep working, Barb. All right, we're going to hit one more email. We talked a while back about uh, death, talking about death with your uh, kids. And we obviously haven't had to have that conversation in uh, in relation to any sort of personal experience for our kids. We've been talking about it in the abstract and specifically in the was an old lady who swallowed a fly book. Why is she um, buried under the ground now? Um, but we've had a, a couple really interesting emails with people who have obviously had to deal with this and a lot of people do. Um, and uh, Tim wrote in, and I'm going to uh, jump around a little bit, but essentially, uh, so his father passed away, and his he has two girls, six and uh, almost three at the time, and uh, here's what he had to say. So the thing that jumped out at me from your conversation was that you addressed the idea of kids' response to a death in the family, to how they might speak about it at school. A bit that you did not mention is how the kids may react to their own parents' response to the death of a loved one, uh, the death of one of their grandparents. In our case, at least, this was a large part of the conversation. So at the time, again, their girls were three, uh, six and almost three. And as to the kids' reaction, it varied between the, the two based on age. The youngest uh, understands the concept of her grandfather's death, but does not understand the impact of this on other people. We go to visit her grandmother, and she, in the interviewing uh, intervening eight months, always responds upon our arrival with, where is Pop-Pop? Oh, I remember. Pop-Pop died. Our older daughter had a much better understanding, but still, of course, processes the situation from her point of view and does not always uh, have a next-level understanding of how the same event could be perceived by others. So uh, my father passed away in December, but because of the funeral and work commitments, um, uh, his girls didn't see, uh, so they did not see me mourn my father until mid-February. In the immediate aftermath, I needed to set up, uh, step up as the oldest child and take care of insurance and all of those things. And we had the unfortunate timing that all of this happened why I, while I, uh, for the company that I'm owner of, was preparing for our largest annual event. Did the job, got through it, got home, and collapsed. And six weeks after my dad's passing, I started to process it. Our daughters then saw me mourning my dad, their grandfather. It changed things in their mind. The way they spoke about it changed. The movie Coco was released a few days after I got home, and the girls and my wife both were treated to my ugly crying <laughs> Time passes, conversations happen. Yes, Pop-Pop died. No, we will not be seeing him tomorrow. And I, obviously this is this just, there's a, a lot more that Tim wrote in here and there's a lot of specifics and particularities to this that obviously I'd never considered because this hasn't happened to me. Um, but that idea really struck me that the... Uh, that it's not the event itself. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it, that's going to affect these kids. Obviously it will, but the idea that how everyone is behaving around them in reaction to that event, uh, of course, I think is going to have a profound effect on the ki kids perception of what it is and what it means. Yeah. That's really interesting. Cause I mean, I, 
obviously you don't want to overload little kids with that kind of thing, but Mm -hmm. it is also, I think in some ways good for them to see that we all have emotions and that, you know, being sad isn't a bad thing as the movie inside out taught us all. Um, it's, I think it's good. Sadness is the hero of the movie. (laughs) It's it's good. There is a, there is a place for it and it's there for a reason. You know, tears are sometimes good and healing and our culture Mm -hmm. pushes those emotions down and doesn't talk about death. And I think to, to give kids a taste of that is not a horrible thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously we don't have that to deal with uh, at the moment, but in just talking about it in general, I think since we last talked about it more and more, uh, like, yeah, I, you don't want to overload them, but I don't want to be it. Don't want it to be a thing like, well, just, just, I can't deal with that. We're not talking about that. When it comes up, we're going to talk about it. Again, that's way my mom always was just like, well, here's the thing. Here's what it is. Nothing we can do about it. Let's have dinner. <laughs> this has been We Knows Parenting. Guys, thanks for listening. If you can help us out, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. The ratings really help us get some visibility. Yeah. Find us rate on, it up. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at We Knows Pod. And if you'd like to submit a question or share a story, give some advice, etc., you can do so through those social media outlets. But you can also uh, email us at we knows pod at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 347 384 7396. You can also find all that info on our website, weknowsparenting.com. Hey, you want to buy a shirt? You can go there too. You can do that. Merch. We got it, baby. Thank you. Okay, guys, have a great week. Please, promise. Please, please have a great week. All right. We love you. Goodbye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store.
Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.